0: Bedtime Bar Stories, on the spot, at the bar, impromptu, that's how we do. Did you know there's 72,898 bars and nightclubs in America? Every one of them is full of stories and storytellers, stories of love and loss, of fate and chance, of friends and rivals, dreams of the future and memories of the past, stories that can make you laugh, stories that can make you cry. I've heard them all because those stories have been the soundtrack to my life. So who am I? I'm one of the 15 million Americans who work in hospitality. Without us, those bars wouldn't exist, and those stories may never be told quite in the same way. So how do I know? My name is Gina Noble, and like every one of those 15 million, there's a story behind every name tag. I'll get to my story in a minute, because I'm certainly not your average podcast host. But first, I want to talk about what the podcast is all about. As you might have guessed, it's all about the stories. It's all about the stories. In fact, it's a story of stories, not stories written by Hollywood screenwriters or famous novelists, but the stories every one of us writes every day without even realizing it. Who better to tell your story than you? I mean, really, where better to tell it than the home of so many great stories, the modern campfire, the great American bar. It's actually here where I met the producers of the podcast. One balmy summer night in New York City, a TV producer friend of mine introduced me to a podcast producer friend of his. What followed was an evening of laughter, oh my God, and drinking and storytelling. It got us all thinking. Bars really are the perfect environment to share stories and to meet interesting people. And there, the genesis of this podcast was born. I'm on a mission to travel the United States to meet the great. Undiscovered storytellers of modern America to find the best bars to hear them in and have a whole lot of fun. And I mean a whole lot of fun along the way. I'll start my journey right here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The place I've called home ever since I packed my bags and drove south all those years ago. The place I've always come back to, however far my travels around the world have taken me. And the place where I had my greatest blessing in life, my son. So in the spirit of that ancient wisdom, give and ye shall receive, before I ask you to share your stories with me, let me share a little bit of mine with you. Florida may have been my home for many years, but at heart, oh, I'll always be one of those Jersey girls Springsteen sang about, because long before I became the story hunter, that's where my story began, when my parents adopted me as a baby. They were wonderful people, but I lost them when I was young, my mother when I was four, and my father when I was 11. But what they gave to me, what they taught me, lives on, especially in this show. I'll never forget fishing and hiking trips with my father, listening to his stories or the smell of my mother's cooking. After I tragically lost both parents at such a young age, my wonderful family stepped in and I got a second mother and father. It took a lost and confused young girl and made somewhere new feel like home, which is just one of the reasons why I have always had an appreciation for the incredible power great hospitality workers have to make anyone feel at home. As happy and blessed as I was, by 18 I was ready for adventure, and oh boy, did I find it! I headed south like a bat out of hell and landed in Fort Lauderdale, of all places. Back then, As it does now, it felt like a nonstop party where anything goes. I got a house on the beach with some of my girlfriends and an IROC C-28 to carry me around. I was living the dream, but as we all know, dreams cost money. A girlfriend suggested that I go to bartending school, and that was that. I just knew I found my calling. I nearly came back from Florida at one point, but on my last night, before I was coming home, fate intervened when my eyes locked with a bass player named Buddy. (laughs) But we can talk about that at another time. So I stayed, and one day not long after, when I was working at the infamous beach bar, the candy store, the home of the Spring Breakers spending their daddy's money, and some of the wildest wet t-shirt competitions I ever saw, I got headhunted. These days, Michael J. Peters is known as the godfather of the Modern Gentleman's Club. But back then, he was just opening his first elite venue, Pure Platinum Entertainment Club and I had no idea who he was. So I went along to the grand opening, and shortly after that, I took a job behind the bar and eventually helped Michael open bars and clubs across America. It was a world away from the spring break crowd I was used to, so far away, so different. It was the height of the 80s, luxury and excess, the sort of club you'd expect to see on an episode of Miami Vice. Every day, there was a new crazy story that my girlfriends could hardly believe. You may have seen The Wolf of Wall Street. Well, I actually knew those guys. And if anything, they were crazier than anything you see in the movie. Private planes, mega yachts, black tie balls, $10,000 bottles of champagne. That was the world I worked in. So, as you can tell, my work has allowed me to travel the world, meet so many wonderful people, and yes, hear so many incredible stories. This podcast is not just a new adventure for me. It's my love letter to my fellow hospitality workers all across America. The amazing characters I have met along the way and the place that unites us, the great American bar. One of the greatest gifts my mother gave me was a piece of advice and I try to live by it every day. I'll never forget her telling me, Gina, don't half step. If you're not going to do it right, then don't do it at all. So believe me when I tell you, There will be no half step in here on this podcast. I'm all in. Anyway, enough about me. You can buy the book if you want to know the rest. At this time, may I suggest you run yourself a bath, grab yourself a drink, pull up a chair, make yourself comfortable, and let me pour you a story. Because it's always story o'clock somewhere. And if you want to hit me up with your best story, email me at Gina at BedtimeBarStories.com. Because at Bedtime Bar Stories, the price of admission is just a good story. I'm sure you heard of the saying, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, or in this case, a story. And I thought a lot about who I wanted to be my first guest. In the end, I kept coming back to the same person, my old friend, Paul. Paul and I met back when I worked at your Platinum Gentlemen's Club. When Paul walked into the club, he came in with a couple of the regular cronies that would hang out. And um, they were all really cool. They always came to the bar. They always tipped me well. And he had just come up from... Miami scene. So they were just showing him around and introducing him to people. And they brought him to the bar and introduced him to me. So ever since that night, Paul and I remained friends. I'd say it was pretty late in the evening at Pure Platinum. The club was popping, very busy. And they just came in, they just rolled in like they always do in this big posse, this crowd laughing and loud. (laughs) And uh, it was a pretty fun night. I knew, though, the only trouble with Paul would be choosing which one of his stories to pick. So I had the perfect person to start with. Then I just needed to pick a spot. And I couldn't think of anywhere better to be than Brulee Bistro in Delray Beach. And uh, it was very busy and full of laughter. And we sat down in the corner at the bar next to the wall, ordered two drinks, and just started to chat. And he just opened up and told me all about his days back in miami so while i pour you the first bedtime bar story if you're relaxing after a long day and you need a drink i'd suggest havana daydream as the perfect drink to go with this story this delicious cocktail contains havana club rum cointreau mango mix and lemon lime soda It is so refreshing, it's so good. That's because Havana Club Rum is quite tasty and smooth and it evokes the Cuban flavor of the Miami Sea. It truly represents the passion and beauty of this tropical island paradise. The rum itself has its own special qualities that are very hard to replicate outside of Cuba. Don't worry if you don't know how to make it, just follow Bedtime Bar Stories on Instagram and I'll show you how. So that being the case,
1: Here's Paul's story. Well, I, I, I came down from Jersey in 1971, and uh, and I've been down ever since. Right. I mean, so I've been down here for a while. And you got in the restaurant and, business when? Because I went to college, graduated in 1973 in Miami, and that was for hotel restaurants. And I went into, and I've been in the hotel restaurant business for 40 years.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's where we get these fantastic stories. That's where
1: we get some of the exciting stories of the Miami days, particularly in Coconut Grove.
0: Oh, do tell! <laughs> All right, let's hear your first story. Give us a story. Take us back.
1: Take us back. Give us an idea of where you are. Okay, I was at the uh, I was at the Hotel Mutiny. It was called Ho- Mutiny Hotel at Sailboat Bay. Mm. Now, anybody that knows Miami, particularly in the seventies and eighties was very familiar with Miami because it was like one of the premier nightclubs, restaurants in Miami at that time. Mm-hmm. That being the case, now that type of place gets all, all types of people.
0: people the party had, people, well, let's just say. It's
1: absolutely questionable crowd. But it was a type of crowd that you had to keep your eye on because you just wanted to keep control of most of the stuff going on. Because you never wanted anything to get out of control. So that being the case, Which could happen very quickly. Oh, absolutely! In Miami, if you have five hundred, a thousand people in your club, it's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. So you have to just let a presence be known. So that being the case, uh, I'll tell you one this one story that oh I always laugh about. Okay. There was a, a, a particular night that it was a good night because I, I had some customers come in. The nickname of the customer that came in was the cowboy. Oh Lord. <laughs> so I, and that's yeah. truly what they call him, the cowboy. That no. being the case, he, he was always fine. Did he wear a cowboy hat? I think sometimes he did. I don't think that day he was, but I, I think sometimes he does.
0: Any relation to the whole thing of cocaine
1: cowboy? I don't know. Well, he was, I, I knew I associated him with that, but but again, he. uh he
0: was on the DL? He
1: was involved. <laughs> That he's, <clears throat> the cowboy is in with five guys that are regular customers, but he was there we're in with uh, f- five particular customers, and so we a regular busy night going on. And then, during the course of the evening, the hostess at the front door comes and gets me in the club and says, uh, "Police want to talk to you." That's "Okay." So I go out to the front door, and I and I knew all the police because there we were friends with everybody. And then a guy says, uh, Paul, we heard somebody has some guns in your club. I said, what? I said, no, there's no guns in the club. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go through, walk through the club, and if I see anything out of whack, I'll come back and tell you. Mm -hmm. And he goes, fine. And back then they did that.
0: Yeah, they didn't come in and and roughhouse. They
1: stayed at the the door until I came up and got there. So there was a mutual respect. Right. So that being the case... I, I I immediately walk to the table with the cowboy and his guests, mm-hmm. and I say to them,
0: <laughs> "And you know it was that table too." Well, uh, that,
1: that, that's the—I went up to that table immediately. That was the only table I went up to. I says, "You have about thirty seconds to decide whether you have want to have a shootout with the Miami police, which are at my front door right now, <laughs> or you can all get up and come to the back office with me, and I can hide your guns in the back office." and wait till all the cops are done. So he said something to each, all the late guys in Spanish. They all got up from the table, and they followed me to the kitchen where the, there was another office in the kitchen. So
0: gangster.
1: That being the case. So they followed you to the kitchen. They followed me to the kitchen. Five guys hand me eight handguns. Eight handguns, five guys. Ooh. 357 Magnums, 38s, 40. I mean, everything. I, I, I was kind of shocked, but again, I was making believe I wasn't. Right. Because who who hell carries five guys with eight handguns? Yeah, right? Well, I, what did you do? I got the guns, wrapped them up in a tablecloth, hid them in the office. The guys came out back outside, sat at the table, started drinking their champagne, doing their thing. And uh, and, and so. And at that point, point, I went to the front door and said to the cop, there's no guns in the club, but you're welcome to walk through me. Check anything out you want. He goes, Paul, if you tell us there's no guns, we're fine. I said there's no guns okay so the cops left everybody was happy so the guy at the table the cowboy comes up to me and he says Paul I'll never forget you did that for me that was that was a very nice thing I said well, I appreciate that I said if I can eliminate a problem before it happens I, tr- I'm, I try to do that so he says well we'll be a little bit more we'll drink some more champagne but then we'll, we'll decide we will let you know okay so a couple hours later they decide to leave and the cowboy says, "We're going to start leaving." And I says, "Okay, one at a time. One of the gu- each of you guys go back to the men's room. I had another bathroom in the back of the restaurant."
0: Right.
1: I said, "You go back, and the maitre d' is going to hand you your guns, one at a time." So we got got the guns all to the guys. The guy came up to me at the end. He was walking out. He says, "Shakes my hand, and puts five hundred dollars in it." He nice. Goes, he goes, I, "I appreciate you did. I won't forget you helped." Nice. I said, "Thank you very much. I appreciate it."
0: Oh my God, I miss the tips from the 80s. Hearing Paul's story just took me right back to that crazy time in Fort Lauderdale. It was madness. It was mad money. Oh my God. I know some of you out there have your own experience of an outrageous tip. So why don't you hit me up at Gina at BedtimeBarStories.com with your own stories. Would love to hear them. So a little more about this next story. After Paul, I had to think about who I wanted to hunt down and talk to next. So I thought of Roz. Roz, had a spunky personality. She and I actually worked together a while back in another venue. And every day she would say something with her little spicy attitude (laughs) and her sassy way. um, That used to just crack me up. It used to make me laugh. And I knew she had a personality. I knew there was something about Roz. I knew there was more to her behind that name tag. So Roz and I went to this place called Tap 42 in Coral Springs, Florida. It was pretty cool. It's There's something sleek about it, sophisticated, even a little bit sexy because being in the bar industry, I like going to really cool places and they had this amazing chandelier hanging over the bar. Two-tiered chandelier, by the way. And there was chrome taps everywhere. They had this sleek marble bar top. Uh, the bar stools were really made of leather, and it just was open to the indoor part of the restaurant and also the outdoor patio. So it really had a really sleek, cool feel to it. So we figured that would be the perfect place to have our interview. For this story, you're going to need the sexiest, the most naughtiest cocktail you can find. And for the reasons you're about to hear, it has to have pineapple in it. So for me, that's the Kealua Blast. And that's made up of white rum, 151 proof rum, mango and pineapple juice with just a dash of grenadine. It is scrumptious. (laughs) Mm, Yum. Okay, Roz. I know you've got stories, Missy. Mm.
2: <laughs> I got a lot of recent stories. <laughs> I've acquired some. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not
0: mad at you. I'm I've not. acquired
2: some really good stories. Really? Do actually. tell, do tell. Okay, so, so tell me this. Where were we? Key West. Um, so my boyfriend, you know, my boyfriend works in the same town that we work in. We were in the Lifestyle. For those that are unaware of the lifestyle, is we're both swingers.
0: Mm -hmm. We
2: play together. Um, As long as you're together. Yeah, we play together. Exactly. That's the problem. But everything is done together, and you know what I'm saying. So we dabble. We do our lifestyle. Right. We. It's Um, called the lifestyle we're on this swingers website and okay. you know we communicate there's couples there's single men right? single oh, women loving that. that they there's, either want to swing with someone they the swing or they are single like whatever you know there's single people on there there's couples there's Got lesbians it. there's Got it. you know whatever you can find I'm not a judge right you can find there's parties on there like swingers parties okay there's like I um, have friends that groups do that. like groups mm-hmm. events like there's like a bunch of you can it's a really good site Anyway, so we're a part of that and we communicate and with other couples. Um for the most part we only do couples right. or that's like our main we feel safer with that. Right, we feel safer with that although we have done single females yeah. on well, Oh yeah, cuz they'll come over and Right, so we finally decide that we're gonna go to Key West. We are on vacation mode, yeah. You were ready, you know. So, on the website that I told you about, you can post your travel itinerary. Oh, like hey guys, we're traveling to Key West. Okay, if there's anybody, any other swingers in the Key West at that time, and you guys want to link up, have a drink or dinner, you know, hit us up XYZ. So, right, right. So, we, you know, we We put into the travel thing that we're going to be in Key West for like four nights. Mm -hmm. I advertise our travel plans like about a week, almost two weeks in advance. Mm -hmm. So now we're getting hit up by people that live in Key West. And Um, we're getting hit up by... Yeah, we got a decent amount. Like, you know, we have like about like four or five people that hit us up. Four or five couples. Okay. And, you know, they're inviting us out. And they're like, oh, you guys are gonna be here from what time to what time, and da da da. And we were just like making plans with all these people. So, this is one couple um, that were coming in from a cruise. We arrived on Friday, they were arriving on Saturday. Okay. And they wanted to meet up for me. When, before I sleep with anyone, like, for me, it's more of a vibe. Like, I can't just jump in. No. Nah. Like, I got to meet you. No, if, you we to. Ca- if we, ca- if there's a connection, listen, anything is possible. That's
0: just like, even if you're meeting just a guy. Right, right. If to. there's a
2: connection, anything is possible. Right. Right? So, we meet this couple, and they're cool. We, so, we meet them at um, this is, um, clothing optional bar. It's three floors, actually. It's three bars. So, the third bar upstairs is called Garden of Eden. Oh, and it is a clothing optional bar the so bartender apropos, was naked oh me. i gotta show you the pic the video Hold oh my on. god Send it i to got me. paddled so if you do something wrong in the bar you get paddled, you get paddled <laughs> by the head mistress which is the bartender O M G! so like if they catch you're are people doing and- things on purpose so they can get paddled I don't know if they're doing it on purpose, but huh? the la- there's no phones allowed, and the lady was on the box. Well, how'd you get a video then, if there were no phones allowed? Because she's, we stepped out. She oh. was like, you can't record right here, but, so I wanted to get paddled. I didn't do anything to get paddled, but I've never been paddled before, like I said, <laughs> and since this is, like, my experience, you get it? Like, this is me finding out about myself sexually, like, oh, what okay. I like, so I wanted sense. to make... Right, for laughing. I no, you're good, you're good. I thought it was funny, too, but... I wanted it. I wanted to experience what a paddle actually. Okay, I don't. I it turns out, I don't really like it. I mean, she was awesome. though. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want. And she about. had nice tits. The her the bartender's name is Ginger, and she was great. So, so you we went meet there. the couple right there because they've never been to Key West, and right. that was their first experience. So now we're in this bar, and we meet up with these people. To see how the vibe is going. Because we might end up be betting these motherfuckers. We might, we might end up in For their two, room. We're there. The, right, who knows what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, it didn't lead to anything, if anybody was curious. Okay. It didn't lead to anything. Right. They were awesome. We were supposed to meet up, but then.
0: Yeah,
2: whatever. It's just so, okay. So did you ever find anybody that was. We did get hit up by this couple. And they wanted to meet up. And um, we met up at this nice upscale bar. It's called The Saint Hotel. Is it a hotel? The Saint. The Saint. Oh, that's. And it's a nice, nice hotel. Very upscale. Beautiful. <laughs> they have a great bar menu. Okay. They have a great bar drink cocktail menu. Like, tell it's me fucking about amazing. it. Is it
0: gorgeous?
2: Is it- it's fucking amazing. I'll send you the pictures of location. Every like, ooh, you know, grandeur. You okay. sit at the bar, is the bartender's like, yeah, I love that shit. Like, I like dressing up, like I'm yeah, I'm a total heel. That's, that's and, me like, too. Yeah. It's Key West, but with a New Orleans flair. Yeah, for it is. sure. It is. Very elegant, very my kind of vibe. Yeah, it says Gina all over it. It has Roz and Gina. We need a vacation. Because <laughs> Roz and Gina needs vacation. <laughs> okay, girl. <laughs> I need a second one. <laughs> so we meet these, this couple. At this location. First of all, we didn't know. That they were bringing a third person. Oh no! What? So they did say that they did mention. Listen, they they did mention that it was one of their friend's birthday, and that their friend was going to be joining them. They just left out that he was a guy, and that's okay. I don't care about two guys. It was two girls, two guys, and the wife. Okay. It turns out that the third guy is the wife's side hustle, side piece. Supposedly, according to them, they invited three couples that were on vacation. It was. D and I, okay. It was and two other couples. I don't know them. We didn't met that because they never came. Oh,
0: thank you. The only, you ones, Jesus. That, the only Jesus. ones that I don't know why you would
2: have done that. Girl, so we were the only ones that showed <laughs> like, up. So girl. we're there. I'm one of those people like before I go somewhere, I like to research. So I looked uh, yeah. up the Saint. I, I was like, oh shit, babe, this place is super elegant. Right, we need to dress up.
0: Okay. And sometimes it's fun. not only that, but we're on
2: vacation, it's so fun. like let's use it's our fun clothes.
0: to do these things that you don't do at home, right? You know, just we're on vacation, let's do it exactly.
2: So him and I are all in our glory. I'm in this like beautiful green dress with some heels. He nice. He's like in this nice. Okay, so in the swingers lifestyle, pineapples is a thing. The upside down pineapple means you swing. So whenever you guys see pineapples upside down pineapples these and, and are let's go back further
0: because it has been taken from the the stage now to mean something else but back in the day when someone sits a pineapple back when the sailors would come in um to the keys from being out in the waters in the ocean transporting stuff for days months from the islands or what have you Um, This is before speedboats or anything. When someone set a pineapple on their wall or their fence or their front porch, it meant welcome. It meant Mm -hmm. you're welcome to come in. We will feed you. You have a place to stay. We are here to comfort you, to help you until you take your next journey. That's South Florida. That's the Keys. That's Miami. That's, that's what, what the, the pineapple, pineapple means. means. That's welcome. Welcome. So we, so we change well and with I had others. This conversation with somebody else at the bar recently. Nice. That said the same thing you said. Now the pineapple or the upside down the pineapple. pineapple? Because some a man, he happened to be a gay man, was wearing a shirt filled with pineapples. Yeah. So we were having the same
2: conversation mm-hmm. about meaning that they it's a sign of welcoming it is a sign of welcoming yes. it's a sign of you are accepted as you are as you are yes. come as you are because we accept you how you are Correct. and we play well with others that's basically what it's what it translates right. into we play well with others we don't care where you're from whatever is welcomed don't be ashamed right you know so <laughs> is in like this nice pineapple shirt <laughs> i love it <laughs>
0: like, exactly. I'm all about welcome. Right, he's all about.
2: He's all for it. I you know bet that. he is. So he looks good. We're all dapper and donned out. We are. I love all like, that. That's my favorite word: dapper. Yes, we're both dapper and donned up. Right. So boom, we meet. They um, they didn't come out and say that the yeah. second guy was um with the wife, but John and I kind of picked up on that. I was like, I think that's Her, <sighs> her little, you know. And then we started talking to the husband and the husband explained and the husband kinda wants me to be his side piece. Oh. Uh, he made it very clear, I'm sure. Yes. So we're at the Saint, we're drinking our cocktails. We're all having fun. We're all talking. The vibe was right. I'm not gonna lie to you. The vibe was great. Perfect. They were super easy to get along okay. with. Okay. Super talkative. The Sorry. wife was amazing. She was very they were all very patient with us. Because mind you, this is our first like I guess, trouble. Like, Got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, mind you, we're very new into the lifestyle. So, like, all our experiences have been singles. But, you know, the vibe is great. And like I said, once the vibe is cool with that's me, all that I, that's need. all I that need. was to go. Right. And I'm drinking. Like, forget it. Absolutely. <laughs> so I look at them and I'm like, look, are we going to stay here or are we going to go somewhere else? And they're like, oh, no, we probably just started here. We're going to go end up at this other bar. And I'm like, all right. So, you know what? I feel like we're overdressed. Right. We're gonna go to our hotel. We're gonna change real quick, get more comfortable clothing, and we'll meet you guys at the bar. Sure. They are like cool with it. We leave, get more comfortable, meet them at the bar. Girl, why we ended up at the side pieces house, <laughs> all on his bed. Oh, no way. All in his jacuzzi. <laughs> all in his living room, O-M-G. watching porn, drinking. Omg. So it was just I'm, real I'm, fast one, I'm fun. like, I got two dicks in my hand like this. I want to fucking her in the ass oh. because she's had an injury and she doesn't feel. Oh, she had a bad injury and she doesn't feel. So the only thing that she feels is anal. Oh
0: my god.
2: Okay. Right, and even on one side of her ass cheek, she doesn't feel. That. What an injury! I'll show you a video of Dunn slapping her ass, and she actually. She said to slap that ass cheek because she doesn't feel it, and I'm just like, mind you, this is my first experience with two men. I've never. I wanted it to be with Don. <laughs> I wanted it, my first two guy experience to be with him, but I guess like he was close enough. Okay. He was right there. He was like right literally, there. we were in the same bed and i'm like sucking dick and i'm getting fucked and there's fucking dick above me like a fucking chandelier i'm like i'm literally literally raveling in like all this like sexual oh my god she must have been like talk about an
0: awakening you must have been in your
2: glory i was in my glory but it was just like dude how does this happen like there's people that actually live their lives like this. Like this is this there's is a real thing. People that live that daily. This is like a real there's, thing.
0: There's okay, people that so live that daily. You right, just did is. it as a fluke and you're on vacation.
2: Right. But this is kind of like the lifestyle that we've been living, girl. I'm not gonna lie, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. It's it's good to I'm let learning. people know that
0: because some people are afraid to do and that. and they're pushing. I was be cautious and you have to be aware and mm-hmm.
2: use protection. Of course, we use protection. That is actually one of our major rules. I told them um, right. we're gonna do it together. Right. We're going to, to use be protective. condoms. Protective yes. condoms at all times, protection at, at all times. times. And we talk about everything. Communication is key. Um, okay, so I've never even knew that the lifestyle existed. So and me being the person that I am, everything that I do, I gotta I gotta research. So now I'm researching lifestyle. I'm researching swingers. And one thing that I read in every website that I have read is that communication is key or else it right. won't work but a lot of
0: men or a lot of people i'm not going to just say narrow it down to men a lot of people just want to jump into that lifestyle
2: right but i told don and i looked at him i was like you know that everything that's on this lifestyle website and everything that i've read from this lifestyle that you want me you're so gung-ho and want me to be a part of it requires things that you don't want to do which is communicate and now he's learning slowly but surely he's actually learning that the more you talk to me, the more you'll get things your way. And you know what? That's a beautiful thing. Regardless if it's about sex
0: or if it's about right. your family, if it's about your children, people don't understand how important communication is. Mm-hmm. Guess what, honey? I worked in the clubs in the 80s. I thought I'd seen it all, but I had absolutely no idea about the lifestyle. And I'll never look at a pineapple the same way again. How about that? (laughs) I've got a suspicion there's going to be plenty more stories about the lifestyle for us to explore on Bedtime Bar Stories. So if you're in the lifestyle, I want to hear from you. Anyway, after hearing about Roz's sexcapades, I did find that rock and roll Miami Vice style story to complete the sex, drugs, and rock and roll set for our first episode. For our final story, let me suggest you pour yourself a magnificent cocktail called the Cucumber Gin Fizz. To create this fabulous cocktail, select a gin of your choice, muddle together fresh cucumber, fresh lime juice, fresh basil, and finish off with a black salt This drink is ever so cool, utterly sophisticated, and absolutely reeks of British flair. Just like my producers. (laughs) Roland's, where Nigel's story is set, was the ultimate hangout venue. It was the place to be and be seen. This pickup joint was always packed. And from the moment you arrived, you already knew you were a piece of meat. It's not the kind of place I would choose to go to, but a lot of people had a fun time misbehaving there. <laughs> this story has drama. It's got a bright red '80s Ferrari and a lucky escape. So let's get into it.
3: Well, I'll introduce myself as. Yeah, tell a, me who you Niger are. Harris valet parker extraordinaire from back in the 80s at a world famous bar named Roland's.
0: Oh, yes, Roland's. Back in
3: the 80s, it was the place to go on a Friday. I ran the valet parking. If you were anybody, when you pulled up, you didn't get a ticket because we knew your name. Exactly. And Uh, that made you feel very special. That was it. Right? Doesn't matter if you gave us a dollar, five bucks, 20 bucks. If we knew your name, you didn't get a ticket. I had... Drug dealers give me twenty bucks (laughs) to bury the car. (laughs) I had people that thought they were big shots give me two bucks to keep it up front. That's how it worked, right? But anyway,
0: Rollins. Let's explain to our listeners. Rollins was the type of bar back in the day that it started off the the weekend, Friday, had the best happy hour around,
3: definitely. And um, a lot of the pro footballers, the Dolphins players would go, the baseball players would go, spring training down on the Yankees. So it was a very happy place, singles bar, kind For of. For sure. You know, um, AKA
0: pickup joint. Yeah,
3: pickup <laughs> joint, and he ran a very tight ship. Yes, uh, he, did. he did. And then in the eighties, he started scheduling um, the big fights.
2: Oh, so,
0: right, you I know, remember Hagler that. Hagler,
3: Hearns, and, and those those things. Um, and to describe the building, everybody came in we had very limited parking space. So we actually drove the cars at the back of the parking lot over Middle River Drive, halfway down Oakland Park Boulevard to different bank parking lots, whatever. The customers didn't know this. They just thought they were going to the back of the parking lot. Certainly the the better customers that wanted to be kept up front didn't know it, Mm -hmm. right? But because it was a big night, we had a lot of named customers and not many upfront spaces. Right. So one of our regular customers came in. We'll call him Dennis. Drove a red Ferrari. Always tipped well, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Gets out of his car, jumps out, says, hi, Nigel. How are you? I said, hi, Dennis. Said to the kid, he doesn't get a ticket. Put Dennis on his ticket. Parked the car. Okay. Busy night. But keep in mind, it's a fight night. So once we've got everybody in, you can kind of ease off a bit. So I went through the back door, through the kitchen to watch the fight. I forget which fight it was, to be honest. But when the fight finishes, you've got to figure there's going to be a lot of people leaving.
0: Right. At once.
3: <laughs> I'm not sure what year it was, but the front desk phone still had a wire, right?
0: Really? And it
3: had about a 30-foot wire. Oh no. Right? And it's, everybody's trying to leave. It's mayhem and this and that. And Roland, the bar owner, is on this phone. And he says, Nigel, where's Dennis's red Ferrari? I said, it's right. I says, oh, he must have left. He said, he hasn't left. He said, I've got a guy on the phone here that gave one of your guys five bucks and said, my name's Dennis. Oh no way. He says, and he's left the keys on the seat at Shooters.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. He took it all the way down the road to Shooters. which And Dennis
3: is still stood at the front, at the top bar. At Roland. Roland's telling me. His car is at Shooters. Not knowing any of it. Oh, my God. So I jumped into my car at the back, Middle River, took off over the Oakland Park Bridge, pull into Shooters. The car's there. The keys are on the seat. I get in the Ferrari. Over Oakland, over the bridge, going back. just
0: snatch the car back. Pulling it up
3: to park it as Dennis He's walks walking out. Walking out. I kid you not. Oh he says, God. Nigel, that's the best service I've ever had. 20 bucks.
0: Oh, my God. What a story <laughs> he had not somebody ran off with his car. To
3: so this day, he does it. Wow.
0: That story took me right back to my days hanging out with the Wolf of Wall Street guys. They loved their cars so much. They loved it more than life itself. And they would have lost their friggin' minds if they knew this had happened to one of their cars. What are you kidding me? Woo! Well, that was fun. Cocaine Cowboys, The Lifestyle, and The Luckiest of Lucky Escapes. <laughs> and that's just all in the first episode. Can you believe? <laughs> I can't wait to see where this journey takes us next time. Now remember, this is your story as much as mine, and I cannot do it without you. So if you're near Fort Lauderdale and you have a great story to share, or you know a great storyteller, or you just know a good bar that I should check out, then get in touch with me at Gina at BedtimeBarStories.com. So this is Bedtime Bar Stories, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for being here. I hope you enjoyed the stories. There's so much more to come. I hope you enjoyed the cocktails. I hope you learned new drinks. We're in this together. Let's roll this out together and have a blast. See ya.